So it's the Sunday of our annual meeting, and this is a time when we're given to reflect on our mission as a faith community, you know, and how perfect that we're given the love chapter from St. Paul. Reflecting on 2021, COVID was a strain, but thank God we had each other and remain a community grounded in faith, hope, and love even as we put our head down, our shoulder into the headwinds. You know, at a time when everything has seemed up for grabs with two years of this suspended stress, we might have been lured to abandon ship, every man for himself. But that has not happened here. God's call on our life has held us fast. And because we're a fairly mature healthy community, even when we find ourselves rowing off the grid, just like everybody else on the planet, this has been a season when our mutual support and our sense of mission has helped us to adapt. Some of you are familiar with Todd Bolsinger's book, Canoeing the Mountains, Christian Leadership in Uncharted Territory. And the vestry, about four years ago, started reading this book and the lessons learned from the Lewis and Clark expedition. And I think some of the wisdom in this book has helped give us perspective. It's helped us to reorient when church expectations no longer apply. Perhaps you remember from history, President Thomas Jefferson, he commissioned Captain Meriwether Lewis to build a team to explore the Missouri River and find the Northwest Water Passageway all the way to the Pacific for the purpose of commerce. And so with great optimism and a sense of adventure, Lewis invited one of his best friends, William Clark, who had a whole different skill set than him, to help him build this team, and they named it the Core of Discovery. And their mission was to find that cherished water route, this water route was key to the, not only national sovereignty, but to national security. Because the French, the British, the Spanish, they were all highly invested in finding this as well. As Bollinger's book explains, whoever discovered and made claim to that water passage would not only own the trade route, but they would control the resources of the entire continent. It would be as valuable as owning the Internet would be today. Captain Lewis's expectations were pretty simple. He had it in mind that he was, they were going to go out and they were going to explore and canoe the Missouri River, that they were going to put these canoes on their back and they were going to walk up a hill and they were going to look over the edge and they were going to find where the Columbia River came out and the little bit of water that, that connected it. Then they would just jump in their canoes again and flow right out into the Pacific Ocean. Well, guess what they discovered? They discovered the Rocky Mountains, this huge, unbelievable obstacle that they had no idea even existed. This thing was way bigger than the Appalachians and way longer, running the whole span of our country. There was no navigable passage so expecting to explore the new world by rowing, it turns out that that was the easy part. Try canoeing the mountains. And really, that's what we've been doing these last two years. 
Some of you know Amy Grant's song, Love Will Find a Way. And she and St. Paul are singing the same tune, keeping that mission in sight, because no matter the obstacle, love is the passageway through. Not an ethereal, sentimental kind of love, but a muscular love, a love that isn't easily offended, a love that can absorb the blow, that's willing to tell the truth with kindness, a community who leaves no one behind, as Ansley said last, last week, because everyone matters. It's a grown-up love, no longer speaking and thinking as a child, putting an end to childish ways, willing to keep rowing the brave way of love. Like Lewis and Clark, who invited Sacagawea, we too have been graciously guided by the many newcomers that we have welcomed in. They have enriched us and helped us find that way. These are the times when a mission statement becomes so important. And four years ago, we realized that we would need that kind of compass. And so we thought deeply about our call, our why, and how St. Christopher's particular gifts support the entire body of Christ. And that this mission statement might give us the strategy of how best to accomplish our part in God's mission. And some of you are very familiar with our mission statement. It goes like this. Responding to Christ's call, we actively carry the love of God into the world through healing, hope, and hospitality. One of the things that stands out for me in learning about the Lewis and Clark's Discovery Corps, their goal, like ours, was not to build a cohesive team. That just kind of happened along the way. But was to find a commerce route to the Pacific. And similarly, our goal is not to become a more loving community that focuses solely on ourselves. Our loving community has simply evolved as people work shoulder to shoulder in Christ. Because our primary mission is to be a community that carries the love of Christ into a hurting world, exemplifying that more excellent way by living and participating in God's mission to heal the world. And that's why supporting O.J. Sims Elementary School matters to us. Literacy gives those kids a chance. That's hope. So that's why we give 500 students books at Christmas to take home with them. And many of you are reading to them one-on-one. -on -one. We feed their families and, and school gatherings and at Thanksgiving. And we beautify their campus and on and on. And that's why we hosted the Freedom School this summer, despite the inconvenience of having to wear a mask during COVID. Christ's mission to love the world back to God in wholeness. Simple kindness. This is why we offer our gifts of shelter and hospitality to the Afghan refugees who are trying to find a new start here in Pensacola. It's why we keep our funding up for Camp Happy Sands, even in those years that they can't do it. But those inner city kids are coming back, we hope, this summer. 
It's why we provide a daily space for Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and support those kids at Wilmer Hall who are foster children and need a sense of family and community that's wider than just their campus. It happens in our catechism and at EYC, in our sweet studies and our Bible studies for adults. It happens in our worship and in our prayers that Jesus joins us, teaching us and sustaining us on the why that our faith matters. And then we go out into the world and wherever we are and whatever we do, we are different and we make a difference to those people that we touch and encounter. Just this past Thursday, Donna and I, um, we had the rich experience of going to Fort Rucker, Alabama to see my godson, Lieutenant Mark Baker, graduate from flight school and to have his pilot wings to fly a Blackhawk pinned on his chest by his parents, Andrea and Brian. And in relationship to me, Andrea and Brian, they were some of my closest friends at West Point. And now they're both Episcopal priests, and they're the ones who officiated at our wedding. And so we share this belonging that spans several communities and decades and distance. It's a bond that's held us together across the years, despite those moments when we let each other down, because that happens in real relationships. And beyond our shared army and West Point communities, besides the deep interconnections that we have within our families, more than the shared link that we have that all three of us somehow became priests, most especially we share that indissoluble bond in Christ. In life's highs and lows, we will be there for each other. And that is a priceless gift of a committed community. Of love. And I see it in spades here when our hearts bleed as we pray for the healing of Carrie's grandson, Wyatt, or when we pray for Estrita Miller after her stroke in recent fall. It sounds odd, but our bonds of affection with each other, they they remind me of this countercultural value that we were taught those first weeks at West Point. That first summer, our squad identity was formed around this primary value of community over individuality. We were not allowed to take ourselves down the steps and out to the larger outdoor formation. No, first... The squad assembled in the hallway to be checked off by the squad leader. And when everyone was set, when everyone was right, we went down together. Now understand that there were real penalties for being late to this hallway formation. But we figured out fast that you best not get yourself to that hallway formation on time if it meant that you let your roommate be late by him or herself. Time management was important, but self-achievement over helping others, this was the worst crime. Braced at attention in the hallway, I will never forget the day that our squad leader reprimanded us saying, don't you ever come out here without your roommate again. 
If you're so squared away, why didn't you help your teammate out? And going all the way back to the first chapters in Genesis, we discover from God's perspective that we are, in fact, our brother's keeper. And if we're so squared away, why didn't we help somebody else out when they needed help? Especially now. Especially when we're navigating off the grid, when everyone's canoeing the mountains. Our community's mission of joining Jesus in feeding and healing and welcoming a hurting world has never been so important. Sam Wells, a well-known British priest and theologian, he speaks of the need of Christian community that's built on the way of love. And he says it this way, Christianity is fundamentally a story about where we are going into the company of God's grace, in the harmony of a restored creation, through the mercy of God's incarnate love. Church means giving up the fantasy that we can find fulfillment and righteousness alone. It means doing things at inconvenient times with eccentric people in sometimes clumsy ways because life is a team game and on judgment day, God will have nothing to say to us if we think we can come without the others. So yes, Paul reminds us that real love is not some pie-in-the-sky sentiment. And today he gives us concrete, practical steps on guiding our community in the most excellent way by saying, love is patient, love is kind, not insisting on its own way, but bearing, believing, enduring all things. It's a grown-up love that learns to canoe the mountains as well as the lakes, Sessions like the annual meeting give us a vista for looking backward, surveying all the mountains that we've already canoed, plus the opportunity for course correction and envisioning what lies ahead, a time to wonder together what we as a community modeling Jesus' love are moving toward. Like any covenant relationship, we cannot know for sure what lies ahead. But thanks be to God, we're in good company for the journey. Committed to a way of love, we keep our eyes on the prize, paddling together with our Lord, guarding and guiding all our diversity. Because when it's all said and done, and when we give up our last breath, I think of another tune. Oh, to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Not alone, but together. Amen.